you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Football is back. 32 teams in training camp, and we are geared up. We are geared up to take it on the road. Back Together Weekend, it begins tomorrow. Go to NFL.com slash Back Together Weekend for all the ways to watch. But if you need to know right now, NFL Network and NFL Plus is where it's at. We're going to have reporters all over the league. I have the pleasure of heading down I-95 to the Philadelphia Eagles training camp to the NFC East champ NFC champion Eagles and we cannot wait to bring that to you live. Kyle headed to Chicago, yep. Jay to Nashville, Peter will be down the street with the New York Jets. Ryan Leaf just get to watch on NFL Network. What's up? Welcome inside Good Morning Football presented by Rocket Mortgage live in New York City. It's a Friday. Happy Friday, July 28th. I'm Jamie Erdahl, as I just mentioned, Kyle Brandt, Jason McCourty, and stepping in for Peter Schrager, who loves a good summer Friday, our good friend, <laughs> Ryan Leaf. Ryan, up, we Ryan? missed you. You were on the Leaf? show a lot. But yeah, well, you guys were vacationing, and, uh, sure. and I thought I'd hang out with the other crew. We had a lot of fun. Uh, kind of a challenging day yesterday, injury-wise, yeah. news from a news perspective. We're going to get the latest on Jalen Ramsey and Joe Burrow from Mike Garofolo right now. Garofolo is the lead block. Good luck. Good luck. Good luck. Bad news for Dolphins cornerback Jalen Ramsey on Thursday. How bad? We're going to find out today on Friday. Ramsey suffered a knee injury in practice that will require surgery. Sources telling me it is a meniscus injury. Now, there's two different timelines when you talk about meniscus surgery. If it's the full repair, you're talking months that Ramsey is going to be out. He will miss at least most of the regular season. If it's a trim where they just cut off the damaged part of the cartilage you're looking at about six weeks so that would put him right up against the start of the season and the full timeline I'm told won't be known until surgery is complete so stay tuned for an update on that today 
It's a big difference between those two timelines, obviously, for Jalen Ramsey and the Miami Dolphins. Elsewhere on the injury front, Joe Burrow, the Bengals quarterback, going down in practice. Before he went down, he was hopping around, and that had his teammates and coaches nervous because they thought, oh, maybe an Achilles injury. But it is a calf injury, as Zach Taylor told reporters after practice. I'm told it's a calf strain. Now, that's something that could knock Burrow out of the preseason games this year. But what else is new? He's played only three snaps in the preseason in his entire career, going back to 2020 when there were no games because of COVID. Then he had the ACL recovery the following year and an appendix rupture last year. So if Burrow doesn't play in the preseason... I'm sure it won't be a problem for him. So a calf strain, not great news because those can linger, but certainly not as bad as it initially looked for Burrow and his Bengals teammates and coaches. Mike Garofalo, thank you. Yeah, it sounds like Joe Burrow avoided serious injury. It's good to review how Burrow has missed out on preseason in the last couple of years and the reasons behind it. He had just said recently that he was so thrilled to have an extensive yeah. preseason. Once again, that will be cut short for how long we will see. It was really a terrifying video to watch come out of Cincinnati yesterday. Ryan, when you first saw it, what, what did it make you feel? Well, at first it, it made me, pragmatist in me, went, why was he out there? After Justin Herbert had just signed the deal, it should have been already done, probably in the hopper. Like, oh, Justin signs his, boom, we got ours, plus the you know $5 million more to make me the highest paid one. Let's get it done. But it never even crossed my mind thinking about it when he did get injured. I'm like, why was he out there? And and so it's difficult to watch. I think they probably have the best chance of, of getting to the top once again in the AFC. And luckily, what we hear is that it's a, stra- uh, a calf strain, and that's the best possible news you can have for this young man. Don't forget, a year ago, like he talked about, being out because of the, the appendic, uh, appendicitis uh, and the appendectomy, that first game against Pittsburgh was ugly. Four interceptions. Mm. Four or five interceptions or something I remember like that. that. Yeah, and it was it was a, a tough start. He was fine the rest yeah. of the year. This team played great, 17-game season. It is what it is. And sometimes you, you don't want to look a, a gift horse in the mouth in terms mm. of what the rest looks like. No doubt. You see it initially, and you're like, well, there goes the Bengals season when you first see him <laughs> limp off because well, it's just W-E-L-P. like... W-E-L-P. W-E-L-P. <laughs> well, and I remember when Teddy Bridgewater was in Minnesota, and he oh, got injured. One of my teammates, former teammates, was there, Michael Griffin. He was like, they ended the entire practice. Like, Zimmer literally sent everybody in. Uh-huh. And, Ryan, you know, usually when a guy gets injured, and Kyle, you know... You move up 10 yards, your yeah. trainers are 10 Move 12, the drill. Move the drill, and yeah. you keep practicing. And a guy like Burrow goes down. You see that yesterday, and I'm sure everybody on that field just stopped, was standing still and just staring at it. And to hear that it was a strain, I read this morning that he still went to post-practice meetings. Yeah. He left the building the same time as everybody else, which means he'll be getting treatment for the next few weeks. And to your point, Ryan, by the time he steps back on the field, you would anticipate that his contract will be done, and all of those things can be put to the side, and he can focus on football. But for the the Bengals, they call it a break. You see a guy get injured, and listen, it's training camp. Injuries are a part of football. There's no other way around it. But when it's your franchise quarterback, a player of Joe Burrow's caliber, you know there's no other way to adjust and say, hey, next man up, we'll figure it out. You don't adjust without a star player like that. So it's very good to see, hey, he'll be back in maybe a week or two, but at some point he'll be back under center for the Bengals. Around this time of year, I've always felt for years that we as fans – should be able to pick seven or eight players to protect. Mm. They're untouchable. Yeah. You, you injury gods cannot touch them. We have seven or eight guys who are just ours. Burrow's on the list. Justin Jefferson's on the list. Anybody with a pulse in the Niners quarterback room is on the list. But, like, we, we should have a list that the injury gods leave the hell alone. You do what you need to do, but don't touch Joe Burrow. Yesterday I was unplugged. I'm not looking at social. I'm not looking at anything. And I get a text from just a random friend, and mm. all the text said was, Burrow, with an exclamation point. And so I go, oh, he signed an $800 million contract. I can't wait to see. Oh, that's great. I can't wait. 
and then I show up and it's carts and it's limping and it's hopping and I was crestfallen like I was punched in the stomach because I didn't start to see the calf strain yet I said oh my god it's an Achilles or something terrible like that it looks like it's not now there's a lot of people online who are I'm sure all have PhDs who are comparing Burrow to Kevin Durant and Kevin Durant had a calf strain he went in the finals and then that it created somehow or exacerbated his Achilles injury mm -hmm. I don't think that's gonna happen I think Burrow is in really good hands and if we don't see him for a month fine the funny thing is Ryan about Joe don't step on the practice field until you sign but like that's not him it's he, not him he's and like from the 70s too. I, I just want to be out there his quote was like it'll happen when it happens and that's part of the Joe Burrow cool it's risky as hell and I hate it but I don't think you could keep him off the practice yeah. field that makes him who he is I'm thrilled it doesn't seem more serious I was sick to my stomach for like the 90 seconds that church took me to search because that's one of the seven right I would like to protect I yeah. really would well and for I totally agree with you and something you brought up yesterday when we were talking mm. about Justin Herbert's contract was that you think that Joe Burrow may actually be a guy that swings under only because he might want to take care of his team and yeah. he wants to build an organization around him and the fact that he might clip in over five million he might not and he would be okay with that so it kind of goes hand in hand with him being out there I, and I and I do think to that point and to yours, he's not that guy. I don't look at him and go, he's just in it for the bag of money. Yeah. I don't see Justin Herbert that way either. It just surprised me that that's how yeah. much money he got. That was pretty impressive. Yeah. But Joe Burrow's the type of guy that looks around and goes, guess what? I want T. Higgins here for the long haul. Right. Let me do something a la Aaron Rodgers yesterday mm -hmm. and figure out a way where we can keep the, the band yeah. together. That's the type of individual I think he is. And it's refreshing to see because you don't see it that often. And I think it leads to some different uh, things you can do on the field and in the front office. So uh, I'm, I was exactly with you. I was, I was being pragmatist around it. Yeah. You know, going, yeah. I wouldn't be out there. But yeah. I wanted to be out there. Yeah. And, and to your point, he will go and he will be out there. But if you're the Bengals, like, don't let it come to that. Get the deal done yeah. before it's time for him to step foot back on the practice. There's no reason for it not to be and help Burrow. That's what's terrifying, though, Jay. Like, he wasn't running through the gauntlet. No, he wasn't going to Oklahoma. He's just like jogging, jogging around. Those are the scariest ones because he the Bridgewater one was the same thing. Yes, he had the calf sleeve on too, which lets uh, you know that it's already already. And also with the Kevin Durant conversation, Kevin went out and tried to play in a finals game or whatever it was the next night. Yes, yeah. you know we he's not he's not going to go play in a game yeah. tomorrow. He's going to have yeah. time to. <laughs> yeah. We do all have those stress responses to our favorite some of our favorite players where you're like watching the injury, mm -hmm. you watch the video, you go back you're like was anybody around him? It's almost like you want somebody around him because yeah. you're like oh cool he just rolled up on his offensive lineman back of his leg. <laughs> like the fact that he was alone, he starts just pulling up. You're like no yeah. no no don't do it. So that was an emotional roller coaster. Mm -hmm. Then Jalen Ramsey news comes yeah. out and we don't know the full extent of that knee injury until he will go undergo surgery today. He's expected to miss at least six to eight weeks. Uh, one might think it could be longer, though, after reading this tweet from Jalen, that end-of-the-season push is going to be legendary for Jalen Ramsey. Now, it's hard to see any player go down to training camp. We've already established that. But this one seemed to hit a little harder amidst the preseason buzz that we've really been putting on the Miami Dolphins. Jay, you know Jalen. You know this team. You know this secondary in particular. What do you make of this situation? It's tough. Uh, we talked about this all offseason. Jalen Ramsey, Xavier Howard, this may be the best cornerback duo in the entire NFL two number one guys on opposite sides locking guys up, and then Ramsey goes down with that injury. And right away, he took to Twitter to be super upbeat and positive about what he's about to undergo, even leaving it off with talking about the late-season push. Mm -hmm. And when I see this and you look at their division and everybody they're going to be going against, for that late-season push to be legendary and for Ramsey to come back and be that extra boost to this Dolphins secondary, they're going to have to hold down the fort while mm -hmm. he's gone. And I'm looking at, all right, they have X, who's the number one guy on the opposite side, but who 
who's behind Ramsey? Who are going to be the guys to step up and go out there and be able to ball and go against some of the other guys? Xavier Howard at the top, there's no question marks about him. This guy's been an all-pro, pro bowler and since he's been in the league, a ton of interceptions. And then behind that, obviously Cam Smith, the rookie this year, they were high on Trill Williams before he went down with an injury. Noah at the, bo at the bottom has been Noah, a first-round pick. Igbenogany. <laughs> yes, right off the tongue. Come on, this, is what, this is what I do. Peon <laughs> Crossing, and then obviously Cater Cole, the undrafted rookie last year who showed up and showed out. You see, I, Don't you do like him that. like that. Don't year. do him like that. Jason, you've been doing this for a year. That was really impressive. A name on there, you better make sure you know how to say mm -hmm. it. But for Jalen to come back and be a huge part of this secondary, these guys under Vic Fangio are gonna have to step up in his place, and it's just tough to see. You won't hope that Ramsey's still gonna be around as he's rehabbing and all that because his energy, his experience, what he brings to the table will help these young guys out a lot. Uh, when you talk about this type of injury, I, I had this type of injury, mm. and it's the two, it is twofold, and that was the bigger question yesterday when everybody was talking about it. In my instance, uh, they went in and sutured it to keep the meniscus intact, which meant, mm. and I, mine was during the offseason, but you have to be immobile, and that's why the end-of-the-year mm. thought process is there. You have to be immobile for, like, two months. You can't move it. Now, if you go in and they shave it or they remove it entirely, the, the, the broken pieces, a teammate of mine in college, Steve Gleason, Unbelievable linebacker, of sure. course, what he did in the NFL. Yeah. He went in with a meniscus tear. They cut it out. He was back in two weeks. Just wreck and shop at, at huh. linebacker for us. So it, it, it really does depend on what the decision is with the orthopedist, what they decide to do, and this how it impacts a Miami Dolphins season that is incredibly important. Vic Vangio coming in, like you talked about, is, is such a dynamic piece to that. And when you have corners that can lock people down, mm -hmm. he can do so much more yeah. in scheme-wise and against a division that's going to be incredibly competitive, incredibly tough. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a significant blow for sure. Uh, I do love how optimistic he was when he went out on social media and talked about it, tried to keep everybody mm -hmm. upbeat and, and where they're going to go from here. First of all, raise a glass to all you guys who put your bodies on the field. We're talking about shaving and suturing <laughs> and cutting. And like, it's, it, we're in the news cycle. Those are the human yeah. bodies we're talking yeah. about here. It's <laughs> huge respect for you guys. Um, this is why the Dolphins go out and get a Noah Igbenogany, right? That's why you bring him in, Jay. Um, Stuck the landing. I, I, there's a lot of frustration for the Dolphins right now because you know it's going to take so much already and we need all hands on deck. We brought in Jalen. We already are so nervous about our quarterback's health going into mm. the season that our best, best defensive player potentially just went down. I think there's a little hope and it just comes in the form of if you do a little bit of schedule searching and you think of like the top eight wide receivers in the yeah. league, they're not showing up. You're not mm. seeing Jefferson, Jamar, Devontae, like... It's not a murderer's row of wideouts that they're facing. They're going to get digs eventually, and that's fine. But it's just like if you open week one and it's Justin Jefferson, then it's Jamar. Like, they'd be like, oh, man, what are we going to do? I think there is hope. Stay alive. This is not your starting quarterback. This is not your star defensive tackle. It is a corner, a really good one. But it is a corner, and there's no reason the Dolphins can't do what they need to do. It's just, it's a bit of a setback, and they got to hold down the fort. Yeah. Didn't X just say, was it two days ago, that he wanted to be the number one guy on this X team? Get it. Right? He said he is. He is. He is the number one guy, and then we just didn't quite get to hear the answer from Jalen yet about how he's going to respond to that. I guess we're going to have to wait for the back of the season, which, frankly, in this division, mm -hmm. I think is fine. I think, here's a theory some teams that have significant injuries at this position, when the guy comes back, everyone else has gotten better along the way. So now you have corners rolling in yep. who had to get better. Those guys on the full screen that Jay, yep. this is a defense that ranked 27th in passing yards allowed last season. They ranked 26th in passing TDs last season. 
30th in takeaways. They only took the ball away 14 times in their opponents last season. That is not enough. That is not nearly a takeaway a game. You would think Vic Fangio wants to be so much better than that. Is that full screen making you cringe right it's, now? It's tough. <laughs> the year before that, those they numbers were so good. Were, yeah. were so good. So good. Last year, it took such a dip. And I know you know Jalen comes there for that reason. So I actually have confidence in the fact that Jalen's going to come back great. But the fact that this will make everyone else better yeah. on the way up. And then by the time he's there, now all of a sudden you're going to be like, damn, this time Miami Dolphins secondary is unbelievable. Yeah. You know who's excited? Mm. Justin Herbert and the Chargers game mm. one. Mm. Mm. Right. Okay. Excellent. All right, here Excellent. we go. Get it. Number for the culture. I appreciate it. Come on, baby. Yep. It. Come on. All right, do you want more coverage of the NFL offseason? Kyle, it's NFL Plus. It's the plus. There it is. Can't imagine you don't have it yet. Enjoy live events and on-demand content, including special takes from training camp and so much more. Sign up today at plus.nfl.com. You go into your shower feeling tired but as soon as you reach for the irish spring your day immediately gets better that crisp fresh unmistakable irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses so when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it irish spring body wash and bar soap fresh green irish shop now at a store near you What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm not guarding like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Good morning, football! 
Hey, we're back on Good Morning Football. Time for Built for Success, presented by Rocket Mortgage. And our next guest was one of the most successful offensive linemen in NFL history. He played 13 seasons with the Bengals. He was named to 11 consecutive Pro Bowls. The list goes on. So impressive. He's also being honored this year as part of the 25th anniversary All of right. 1998 Hall of Fame mm. class with Fouts, Singletary, Bethea Allen. Unbelievable class right there. He is Anthony Munoz. Please welcome back to Good Morning Football, a friend of the show, Yo, a Hall of Famer. He Hello, Mr. Yeah. Good morning, everyone. How y'all doing today? Awesome. We are awesome now that we're talking to you. And I, I know that you were already scheduled to come on to talk about your famed career, but I hate under these circumstances that the video that we saw of Joe Burrow at training camp yesterday then had to bump to the first question, injured his calf at practice yesterday. We don't know exactly how severe it is yet, but what do you think the vibe is like in Cincinnati right now following Burrow's injury, such an important emotional and physical part of that team? Well, if, I, if I'm going by how the Munoz household was, I think everything kind of stood still. I had I have several texts about the, you know, him being carted off, and uh, and I watched the video, and I'm thinking, okay, just be a cramp, just be a strained calf, don't be anything, don't go below the calf. Uh, so yeah, it was. Uh, hopefully, it's not a devastating thing. Hopefully, it is a, a couple weeks, and he's back because I tell you what, this guy has turned the city around. He's turned his football around, and you talk about not only someone with great ability, but great character, great leadership characteristics. And uh, I tell you what, this guy is the real deal. So hopefully it isn't uh, long before he's back on the field. But uh, I was out and about in the community and everyone was in a buzz and talking about it, just praying for him, hoping that it isn't very serious. Anthony, so good to see you this morning. Hey. Justin Herbert, he just signed in a, a huge $262 million deal. The Bengals fans have been awaiting Burrow's potential contract extension, which you would have thought would have been done at this point. How, how do you think this injury can maybe impact the timing of this deal? Well, hopefully it doesn't impact it in a negative, but hopefully they get it done. Uh, I'm one that has been waiting for it to get done. They have to wrap them up. They have to sign them. They have to make sure that he's here for his entire career. And uh, so hopefully this will expedite things and they'll get them. As you mentioned, Justin Herbert and all the most all the other quarterbacks that were up have been signed. So it's Joe's time. It's time for him to to back that Brinks truck into Paycor Stadium and take his home. Yeah, once he's locked up, part of the, now the thing they're going to have to do is make sure they're protecting him and keeping him upright. And for the Bengals this year, in their division alone, Miles Garrett, T.J. Watt, and also they play Aaron Donald. You are one of the best offensive linemen to ever play this game. What advice would you give the offensive line from your experience of going against some of the top guys week in and week out and dominating them? Well, first of all, Jason, I was impressed how they went after that position, even before the draft. They signed Orlando Brown Jr. from the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, you're going to have a healthy Kappa. You have Bolson, who's in his second year, had a pretty good rookie year. And, of course, Ted Karras, the ultimate leader. And now you need Jonah Williams or whoever to go to the right tackle and produce. Uh, and what I would, the advice I'd get them, I'd just say, get her done. I mean, it's, uh, you got this uh, franchise quarterback. And, uh, you know, it's a combination. We all know that it played the game. It's, it's all about the guys up front. You taking care of your job, but then schematically, you know, they have to scheme things. If you have someone that's struggling, if you have a Miles Garrett and you need a little help, you know, don't hesitate. Don't leave a guy out on an island out there. Uh, if you need to slide the line one way or the other, that's where the offensive coordinator and the coaches come into play. So I think it's a, it's a group effort. And uh, Brian Callahan, the offensive coordinator, Frank Pollock, the O-line coach, they, they're smart enough. They know all these uh, intricacies of, of putting it together. So you know, when, when I was playing and you had a game and you had to stop somebody, let's say it was the right guard, the, the head coach would say, 
The hat is on you this week. It's up to you to do your job. Well, the hat, there's five hats all season long, and that's the offensive line. So, uh, you know, they've improved it. I think in the last several years, this is probably the best group going into the season on paper. So now it's a matter of getting it done. Anthony, with due respect to the current Bengals and Joe Burrow, I resent that we did not start the interview with this. City Beat Magazine ranking their top citizens of Cincinnati. You made the list. You made the list despite not having played for over 30 years. There's the list. You can't argue with Joe Burrow's number one. You have Fiona the Hippo at two. And after some luminaries, including Pete Rose, Anthony Munoz in at seven. Worth pointing out, guys, no Chad Johnson, no Chris Collinsworth, no Boomer Esiason. Anthony at seven above Thane Maynard. Anthony, are you upset about how low you were ranked? Where, where do you come out on this ranking? We need to know. Hey, you know what? I'm in a group with, first of all, Joe Burrow, and then I'm in a group with Fiona. Come on. I'm not going to be about upset. Fiona. Fiona's like not only here. I mean, she's national uh i mean she she is a national icon so uh no i'm excited this is a great community it means a lot uh one of the things about it you know we decided to stay here after i retired being from southern california i had an opportunity to go back to southern california after my career but my wife and i and kids we decided this is a place that we wanted to settle in and it is a great place uh so the fact that i'm in the top 10 uh, it means a lot uh you know we have this is our home. We've integrated. We're now into the fabric of this great community. It is a, it's an engaging community. It is a very giving community, and I'm thankful to be part of it. So uh, I'm thrilled. And it's a better community because you're there. You have deep roots in Cincinnati. This weekend there's an event taking place in Cincinnati's Pendleton neighborhood called Danger Wheel. Tell us a little bit more about Danger Wheel and why it's important to the local community there. Well, Jason, anytime I get involved in an event – Bottom line is the beneficiaries who benefits from it. Of course, it's the Pendleton a neighborhood that's benefiting from this Danger Wheel annual downhill, downhill big uh, wheel race. It's eight years in the making. Every year, it's gaining more and more popularity. You know, you remember the big wheels when you were kids. It's a it's a downhill race for uh, ride for adults, and uh, it's taking place uh, Saturday, July 29th. And uh, of course. It is a title danger rule, but you have to give props to Huffy Green Machine. They're the presenting partner. And of course, anyone that knows anything about Huffy, iconic uh, brand since the 1970s. Uh, I know, Jason, you wouldn't remember this, but I remember it when I was growing up uh, in the 70s and 80s. But uh, it's pretty cool. And and beneficiaries is the Pendleton County or Pendleton uh, area. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled to be able to, to be an ambassador, uh, another ambassador, uh, a gentleman I met who is a member of the Big Red Machine, the, the Cincinnati Reds, Doug Flynn, who uh, you know played with uh, Johnny Bench and Tony Perez and Concepcion, and uh, he was a second baseman uh, with them, uh, and he's also an ambassador. But uh, you know their tagline is "Live the Ride." You know, inspire people to to get out and live the ride. Uh, so it's exciting, and I'm looking forward to this event, and, and that's what uh, Danger Will is all about. Uh, Saturday, July 29th, in Pendleton in downtown Cincinnati. That's tremendous. Uh, in anticipation, Anthony, of Canton, Ohio being the center of the NFL next weekend, mm -hmm. yesterday the Hall announced its list of semifinalists in the seniors and coach contributor categories. There's a lot of notable names on this list, including at the top your former teammate, uh, Bengals quarterback Ken Anderson. Now, younger viewers watching may not be as familiar with all of the things that Ken accomplished in his career, both as a player and a coach, but what made Ken Anderson such a great quarterback and teammate, and why do you think he should get this call to the Hall? 
Oh, that's easy. So first of all, I got my Kenny Riley jersey on. I finally, after Hey-o. 20 years, getting another Bengal in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He'll be nice. inducted next week. So now this year we have number 13. Next year, hopefully we have number 14, Kenny Anderson. For the young people that never watched him play, totally different game back then. But when Kenny Anderson retired, not out of Alabama, not out of Michigan, but from tiny Augustana up in Illinois, the guy was one of the most accurate percentage uh Completion rate, passing rating. I mean, the guy was amazing. I had a chance to play with him for five years. MVP in 1981. He took us to Super Bowl 16. Um, I mean, come on. He was in the top five in just about every category when he retired from the NFL after third, uh, after 16 years. The guy was smart. Uh, like I said, one of the most accurate quarterbacks that I've ever seen. Even nowadays, he might not be throwing for the yards because, like I said, it's a totally different game. But uh, the way he threw the football, how he completed, we had Isaac Curtis, number 85. I mean, the original number 85. Uh, highlight reel on Kenny Anderson, just about everyone's Isaac Curtis. Danny Ross, our tight end, who had set a Super Bowl record with receptions at the time. Uh, so, yeah, so Kenny Anderson, amazing if it wasn't for Bill Walsh going to the 49ers, it would have been called the Midwest offense because Kenny Anderson ah, ran mm. that Bill Walsh offense before Bill Walsh went to the 49ers. And if I'm not mistaken, a lot of the guys that played for Bill Walsh watch video on Kenny Anderson on how to run the West Coast offense. To me, that's wow. a tremendous testimonial on a great quarterback. That's awesome. Anthony Munoz, number seven in top ten Cincinnatians, number one in our hearts. We appreciate you, the Hall of Famer. Enjoy uh, the week and the start of football season, our friend. More Good Morning Football when we return. Bye, Anthony. See you. Always great being with you. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal 
and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. So 2022 was a rough year for Russell Wilson. This much we know. It was easily the worst season of his career. But Broncos' new head coach, Sean Payton, uh, places the blame elsewhere than his quarterback in a recent interview, as we mentioned, published in USA Today. Sean Payton coming out saying that, quote, that wasn't his fault, Russell Wilson. That was the parents who allowed it. That's not an incrimination on him, but an incrimination on the head coach the GM, the president, and everyone else who watched it all happen. End quote. And we're moving on. Quote, but everybody's got a little stink on their hands. It's not just Russell. It was a poor offensive line. It might have been one of the worst coaching jobs in the history of the NFL. Read it again. One of the worst coaching jobs in the history of the NFL. That's how bad it was. Peyton, of course, alluding to Broncos former head coach and current Jets OC Nathaniel Hackett. So then, once Robert Sala got wind of this at his training camp, the Jets head coach shared his thoughts. It's been in the league a while. You can say whatever the hell he wants. But as far as, you know, what we have going on here, it's, I kind of live by saying, if you ain't got no haters, you ain't popping. So hate away. Obviously, we're doing something right and really excited about what's going on. I think Hackett's doing a phenomenal job here. Him, the uh, coaching staff is doing a phenomenal job, and, and we're focused on us. I get it. There's a lot of external noise. There's a lot of people who are hating on us. There's a lot of people looking for us to fail. There's a lot of crows pecking at our neck. Mm. I don't know about you guys, but when I got about halfway through that article and I saw how juicy it was yesterday, I immediately went to finding out which date these two teams played, and I just hoped and prayed that it was the season. It is, by the way, Sunday, October 8th. It'll be week five when the Jets travel to Denver to take on the Broncos. Jason, I start with you. You've been in locker rooms. You've been around coaches who have yeah. coached against each other, with each other. You hear Sean Payton say these things about Nathaniel Hackett. Then you hear Coach Sala. What did you make of this yesterday? Well, shout out Jared Bell from USA Today who wrote this article. Yeah. Extremely entertaining, very odd. Sean Payton, Super Bowl winning coach, offensive mastermind. We talked about him all offseason as he was the guy to go get as a head coach. For him to take the time to do this article to bash the people that are still a part of the Denver Broncos organization to bash Nathaniel Hackett and talk about how bad of a coaching job he did last season. I saw people say, hey, Sean Payne's just telling the truth. We already knew this was the truth. Like, Nathaniel Hackett didn't make it through his first season as an NFL head coach. We didn't need Sean Payton to tell us how bad it was to say this was the parents' fault. Well, Russ is still there. Russ were, was bringing these people in. And I saw people say, hey, well, he's giving a message to his team. Well, please, somebody explain to me. What the hell is the message to the team of me just talking about everything that happened last season? Mm. To me, for Sean Payton, as good as a coach as he is, let's focus on what you're going to do this year to get to the playoffs is what he said his team is this year in the division that they're in with the Kansas City Chiefs. What did the New York Jets do? All they did was in the offseason go out and trade for Aaron Rodgers, a team that's had bad quarterbacks for year after year after year. I don't really see them trying to win the offseason other than trying to improve. So as I read this article yesterday, I I was just caught off guard. I 
can't imagine why Sean Payton would want to say these things at this point. I mean, Brian Dable goes to the Giants. He didn't take the time to bash everything Joe Judge did. Mm. Frank Wright didn't take the time to bash everything Matt Rule did before him when he got there. So it was just very odd to me, entertaining to say the least, but I don't understand the point mm -hmm. of it. I think I know, uh, I would say the massive trend once the article came out yesterday in the quotes was that like this was confusing, this was unnecessary. Peter Schrager's not here today, but yeah. Peter, who worked all of last season with Sean Payton on the Fox pregame show. Yeah. They have become close friends. We, I just want to establish this. This is important because I know Ryan's going to give us his take. But here's Peter's take on Sean Payton and his comments. There is intentionality in everything he does. He's had all summer to chart everything he does. He sees it. The media, the reaction, the football, all is a giant chessboard. He doesn't just talk without a purpose specifically meant for his team. To Jason's point, how this benefits his team is still up for grabs, but in, in in the apologist category, if you will, Peter Schrager enlightening us on that this wasn't just a random, like, heated conversation that, you know, someone recorded Peyton. Like, he did this on purpose. So keep this in mind, Ryan, when you go to say your piece on it. I, I trust Peter implicitly with his inside information. It just, he understands it. I also think maybe, maybe Sean for a minute forgot to take off his analyst hat from last year. Mm. Yeah. And was just, you know, speaking the truth like we do from time to time here on, on, on the show. I will say this, it was unnecessary, but he's dealing with a crisis of confidence with a quarterback that is just wavering on the razor's edge. I really do believe that. I can't tell you how many times I've talked to people all over the country who have absolutely said that Russell Wilson is done. It's over. Hmm. It ended last year. He's past his prime. He's got too much on his plates elsewhere. I mean, he's dealing with something there. And I think, to Peter's point, maybe, this was something he did. He doesn't care what the Jets think about any of this when Sean Payton says it. I don't care what the Jets yeah. think. In fact, maybe here. Now you got to deal with Nathaniel Hackett and his confidence because we just laid him out in front of everybody in the yeah. world. What he is doing is telling his quarterback, wasn't all on you, mm. okay? I got your back. I don't think you have to do it publicly. You could have done that in the privacy of your own home. But Peter has a point. He has an agenda in what he does. He's very calculating in what he goes about his business. I just felt it was very unnecessary mm. and, and kind of painted a target on his back that they don't necessarily need right now. Mm. It reminded me of when Dion showed up to Colorado and he was totally unapologetic yeah. and really cold. And he's like, this is just the way it is. But also when you look at it, it reminded me more of a politician than a football coach. I was reminded of Trump in 2016 election. And it's just, it's just rhetoric and it's, it's sound bites and it's attacks and it's insults and it's these proclamations that sound really compelling that you're not even necessarily sure is true. You know, he, he kind of took a shot at the Jets because they're on hard knocks. Like the Jets badly did not want to do hard knocks. They did everything in their system to not do hard knocks. But I also agree with what Peter said is that this was not half cocked. This was intentional. This was a surgical strike in which he took the tape recorder, press records. Is this thing on? All right, let me talk. Because in the other political sphere, there's some called wagging the dog where you distract from something you're trying to conceal by making usually a military strike to be like look at this don't look at that i think he wants no one talking about russell wilson i think he wants no one talking about russell wilson last year i think he thinks it's bad for the team i think it's probably bad for russ's ego when he is the mm. face of the team and the overlord of the team and you look at seattle like pete was pete that was that was the kind of the pete carroll show and mm -hmm. russell wilson was the pilot of it but now sean payton is the face of the broncos it is not russell wilson it's not ownership it is it's not john Elway. it's not anybody it's sean payton and Sean, you better win, man. Like, you better turn this thing around. And you better not have a single delay of game penalty where there's a delay in getting the play in because this is just the 
biggest, reddest target right there, not only in the Broncos' back, on yours. I think he's saying, come to me. This is my team. This is my show, and I'll be accountable. I think he's trying to keep it away from Russ and put it on him, and he's doing it. It's working. But, um, you know, they play, too. They play, I think, week five. Week five. Last, year, yep. last, yeah. last year, it was the Brees Hall injury game, yeah. if you recall correctly, in Denver. They go back to mile high. Yep. It could be an incredibly pivotal game for, mm-hmm. for both franchises yeah. because – you know, that's a, oh, week yeah. five of the Jets' schedule, week five of what the Broncos have ahead of them. Yeah, it's a big deal. Buried in the article as well, I think, was a line that said that he's going to be upset, angry, pissed off, I'm sure is what he said, if they don't make the playoffs. And so you're saying that in a division mm. with the Chiefs, with the Chargers who just signed their guy long-term, and who's else going on the Raiders? But, like, that's a big thing to say because you're not getting that top spot in this division, and I'm sure the Broncos will clip that off and maybe it'll be played, and that's I'm perfectly comfortable with that. But that's, that's, a, that's a heavy thing to say in the AFC West. In the AFC, frankly. And so I also am interested in the fact that he t- he did take a year off. He watched mm-hmm. other coaches for a year. While I do think he did this with intention, I also think maybe he's coming back with a certain vengeance or plan that he is going to handle his coaching behavior differently than he ever did with the Saints. And mm-hmm. this is all just the beginning maybe of fodder that he will give us for a long time coming. But yep, week five, October 8th, yeah. you're seeing mm-hmm. the Jets travel to Broncos and we know what that's going to be like. Now, we are less than a week away from real football being played. Six days, the Browns take on those Jets in Canton, Ohio. It's the Hall of Fame game. We'll get our first look at two teams with massive expectations. The Hall of Fame game broadcast presented by Verizon kicks off next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern on NBC, a broadcast in which you will see one Devin McCourty in his quote-unquote television debut, but we all know he got started on Good Morning Football. That's right. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Dot com slash compatibility.